Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Angle Files for Angle Files. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited because Janet's here, which is always a reason to be excited mm-hmm. on the pod. But other than that, I'm like, it's another another day it's february february's kind of gray well it's, although it's very unseasonably warm here in the dc area right now i don't know about the rest of y'all out there but it's like i mean we can keep this i don't need the polar vortex that they say is supposed to be coming soon <clears throat> at all I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly so what are we talking about today since we have janet with us janet's here hi janet hi janet hi we are going to talk about uh, the show that Janet recaps, which is All Creatures Great and Small, which just concluded its third season, and a lot of stuff happened. I have to say, um, I know that we need to talk about basically episodes three onward, but I was genuinely shocked by the end of the Christmas special. Um, because I, the Christmas special for us is the finale in, in the UK episode six, which is the penultimate episode, which is the one that aired the same night as the Miss Scarlet and the Vienna blood finales is actually the finale in the UK. And that had a very final feeling. And then we got this Christmas special and somehow, even though I literally saw Tristan and James get in freaking line to enlist at the end of episode six, I just... I, my brain was convinced that they didn't go to war because they don't go to war because in the book, they don't go to war in, in the original show. They don't go to war. You know, vets are protected glass, blah, blah, blah. Why did Tristan get called before James did? Does anybody know? I'm not sure. Just a matter of bureaucracy, I think. Okay. And also, I believe James was applying to the Air Force and probably they had a lot more people applying to the Air Force than they did to the um, the special vet service. Mm. Um. So, yeah, but it was but it was sort of weird because I also got the impression that, that Siegfried didn't realize that he'd enlisted. He thought he was just keeping James company in the line. So it shocked him when he found out, which was sort of weird. And and then you have Mrs. Hall and Gerald. They're a big makeout. We love it. Oh, they're big makeout. Yes, but what does this mean? Does this mean she's going to she's going to go and set up house in Hull with him? It's Maybe he won't go to Hull now. Maybe he'll come back from Hull. Yeah, that was. I just assume that he will stay. That, that he that he will be hullless. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I didn't realize Tristan enlisted at the end of episode six. Why am I the only person that got this? Okay, no, I thought he got in line to stop James from enlisting or to keep him company. I did not think he enlisted. When we come back and we say we enlisted, I'm like, oh, damn, he enlisted? Mm -hmm. Crap. I knew the minute he got in line, he was enlisting. Yeah. Well, it's classic, isn't it? I just kept waiting for him to be like, oh, you know, I'll take the out. Like, I literally just kept waiting for him to turn around all the way till he got on the train. Even as he got on the train, I'm like, wait, no, he's not actually getting on the train. He's going to stop, right? This isn't, he's not, he's not le- he, he left. Like, I, I just, my brain refused to accept it until he left. And I, I don't know how to respond to this other than I need season four like yesterday. And I need them to bring Tristan back and him be okay. Like, now. I am a monster, apparently, because I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> well, you were never a fan of Tristan. 
Well, not that I want Tristan to get shot by Nazis or anything, but it makes like as a part of his arc, that is the only ending like he could have had this season. His whole thing was stepping out from Siegfried's shadow, figuring out, like making choices for himself mm-hmm. and doing stuff for, you know, on his own. At going to war is like is is very that escalated very quickly. Like maybe he could have just I don't know read a book or got a different job, <laughs> but like that was the only place that could have ended for me, which is why I was like, obviously he's enlisting. I mean, it made sense once I like stepped back, but I was so absolutely convinced that neither James nor Tristan would actually go to war. Because I know in in the real world that neither of them did, and I know in the first show neither of them did, that my brain just just didn't go there until it was too late. Well, actually, tr- um, the, the character of Tristan was created by James Herriot um, from the story of his friend who also enlisted for that service, um, and and I and James also enlisted too uh so i knew i knew it was happening i mean what to me was absolutely bizarre is that presumably um siegfried also um thought that tristan was just keeping james company because james told him james said to him i have to do this and poor siegfried didn't say a word um and uh and so they're both in this waiting room period because war has been declared but nothing much is happening they've got the tape up on the windows if and this was something that annoyed me just a bit because if they had the tape up on the windows they'd also be having blackouts at night and i don't think they were uh and also they also implied that food rationing had started which it didn't and i couldn't help but notice that on the table there was this pineapple upside down cake and quite honestly people would have murdered their grannies for a can of pineapple under rationing. So it was sort of strange. It was like World War II light. I I guess this is such a more serious version of All Creatures than the original, um, that it makes sense that we would have one of the characters like actually go off to war and be threatened. and that, you know, just sending away Mrs. Hall's Edward would never be enough. Um, I, you know, I just sort of, I don't, I didn't think this would really go there, though, because it is such a comfort show. Yeah. You know, and like, I, I expected more of like, like Mrs. Pumphrey's scene where she's, you know, she she's basically, you know, talking about how she's going to like protect people and she's gonna she's gonna do what she can from home and that she wants to be a good person to to do her bit but from home. Right? Like I sort of took that as the show's mantra of how we're gonna handle World War II. That this is gonna be the home front version. Nobody's gonna go into a war zone. Nobody's gonna be at the front. We're all just gonna sit here and we're gonna do our part from home. Because that and and I guess that there I guess that was probably like naive of me, but I really did sort of and I think it was partly because that Mrs. Pumphrey scene felt so central. In in I mean it was obviously central for Tristan because it 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 it, it prompts him to go and uh, and and propose marriage. Um, I want to ply your furrow is not a way to propose marriage, people. 
I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, no. It was a terrible proposal. Also, please don't use the rings that you keep your car keys on. It's really. <laughs> Yes, it was it was very spontaneous to put it kindly, but then um, this is such a classic thing to do, isn't it? He's he's been turned down by the woman he loves, so he goes and enlists. I mean, men used to do this all the time. He's really extra. Tristan is so extra. <laughs> like you know, like I said, just like learn a language or something. Like <laughs> calm down. I have to say that I do like Tristan a lot much more than I did in the first two seasons I feel like this season he had the real growth arc of everybody mm -hmm. yes like more than James more than Siegfried mm -mm. I'm here to fight for Mrs. Hall um no Mrs. Hall had a really good had a really good arc this season too um and actually I'm really glad of that because one of the you know as we've talked about in the first two seasons one of the main problems in this show is that it's a boy show and that the women have always been sort of secondary. And even though, like, Helen still is sort of like uh, an appendage of James in some places, um, we have seen her get to step up. We see her, you know, taking over the paperwork. Yeah, but the problem is she steps up to fight James's corner. Yes, she does. Yeah. And, and so, like, the scene with Charles where she basically threatens, like, you know, all none of the farmers. She's, she's fighting James's fight for him, basically. Um, and that that's good, but also it's not Helen. I thought we were going to get more about like when she was uh, at the very beginning of the season or towards the beginning of the season. I watched almost all of the season as I am wont to do in the past two days. <laughs> so it all kind of runs together in terms of what episode this happened in. But okay. uh, Jenny and Helen have a really interesting dynamic this season where like Jenny's being asked to grow up and, and sort of take over everything Helen was doing at the farm. And she's trying to keep it all together. And how does Helen still relate to that or help her family? Or, and you get these flashes of the tension that she clearly feels between the world she comes from and the world she's married into. But most of it is just she does James's paperwork. Yeah. And stresses about him, like, being sent to war, which, again, understandable. But Mrs. Hall actually did send her son to war and still did other things. Yeah. yeah, I, I, You know, the, the, the Helen and Jenny thing you're talking about is actually part of the Edward episode. And it's supposed to also, I felt like it was supposed to echo Tristan and Siegfried's are uh, you know because that's the one where Siegfried gets a little kid and Tristan gets super jealous and is like why why are you so nice to him and you were never nice to me when I was a kid where did that child come from I have no idea oh he was he was recruited I think um is there just like a squadron of children wandering around looking for internship opportunities like <laughs> what no I think I think probably the school approached Siegfried because they had this outstanding pupil who was interested in becoming a veterinarian Mm. And so I think that's that's where he came from. Um, and I think Tristan had, Siegfried rather, had obviously arranged it some time ago. And then um, and then um, he had forgotten about it. I think he, he covered up pretty well, but, but clearly he'd forgotten about it. And then he just had a whale of a time with this kid. And uh, poor Tristan. I mean, having to wear that pinny. I thought he looked good in the pinny. But, you know. <laughs> it was cute i was yeah. like look at him just embracing his his domestic side yeah yeah and he actually did really really well i mean he cooked lunch and he cooked dinner and uh, he put flowers on the table he made shepherd's pie yeah yeah i don't know how to make shepherd's pie oh i do it's very easy
Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow, the judgment that I am getting here. Somebody send me a shepherd's pie recipe. My husband likes it. You, 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 and you and Rob will have to talk about how you make shepherd's pie because I don't know. There's like a pie and it's got stuff in it, and suddenly it appears in my house. That's how food works here. Um, but I, I. The thing is, is that I felt like the Helen and Jenny thing wasn't a thing on its own. I felt like it was supposed to echo Siegfried and and Tristan. It wasn't that they were actually getting their own story. The only person who, the only woman in this season that I felt got their own story and had their own arc of their own thing was Mrs. Hall. And I actually, uh, I never changed it in any of your recaps, Janet, but there were times when I wished that you would call her Audrey instead of Mrs. Hall. I understand why you do, because that's what people think of. Yes. But I yeah. felt like, you know, I think she's earned the Audrey here. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, but I, I actually found Audrey, Mrs. Hall, sort of, I don't know, sort of annoying. <laughs> um, I mean, like at the end, she is saying, she is telling... Siegfried to make him feel better that uh, you know that the wars don't last forever and then we'll get back to normal again well you don't get back to normal after war she knows that and she's saying these sort of empty words to make Siegfried feel better. Well, I think it's also because uh, she wants to believe it. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. she wants it against all her own experience. I mean, her husband went away in World War One, came back with shell shock yeah. and was a miserable bastard. And her son is now a miserable bastard. And she wants to believe against all evidence to the contrary that somehow her son will just not have that happen to him. Even though we're pretty sure he, if he survives, which I doubt he will. Uh, no, he he probably isn't going to because I looked up the history of his ship. Ah. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. Anyway, there are things I really liked about this season, but I think Helen's lack of arc or Helen's becoming an appendage of James was probably my least favorite. Um, everyone else, like, everyone else seemed to, James and Helen actually seemed to get the short shrift this this year. After they got married, they were sort of done. You know, whereas we get, like, we get Surviving Siegfried, which is, a, which was an amazing episode. Just, like, I think maybe the best episode this show has done. Um, we get Tristan basically going, growing up and going to war, even though I didn't expect him to actually do the last part. Um, you know, we have Mrs. Hall sort of figuring out her relationship with Gerald, um, and, and kind of getting over herself a little bit and, you know, connecting with Edward before he leaves. And like, there was so much like good stuff. And like, I loved the Christmas episode. Like, I love the fact that we had the whole, the, the kinder transport kid, even though that was a weird, I was a little startled at the framing device. But then when the moment I realized that this was a kinder transport kid, who was basically like, experiencing it i really thought that was great no i think she was an evacuee wasn't she well she's jewish and she's an orphan and yes they they they, they brought in um kinder transport was the the program where the uk took in like i don't know ten thousand like prominently jewish kids who uh uh, 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 whose parents were either dead or lost or mm -hmm. or just didn't yeah. go with them yes but she mentions that her father works in the war office Oh, does she? Yeah. I missed that part. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought she was a kinder transfer kid. 
Um, and I thought that that's what I thought that was sort of her point, especially because they made such a big deal about her being Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just liked that in general because you know I always feel like you know England sort of forgets they have Jewish people. Um, because well, they didn't for a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I, I I always like to rem- I I always like it when British shows remember that Jewish people do actually exist in their country. I was going to ask you this later, but since we're talking about it right now, I'll ask you. I always, I always like go long on on how Catholics are portrayed in things. How do they do with their little makeshift Hanukkah? Like, how is their Jewish, how's their Jewish legit cred? Um, I mean, it's very honestly, it's how people who have no idea how to do uh, Hanukkah kind of do it. Um, so in that, it was <laughs> accurate. Um. You know, because the fact is that Hanukkah isn't actually that big a deal. It's just that, um, especially post-World War II, as we sort of hit the industrial age and, and or not the industrial age, the information age, and, and, and the world got smaller and Christmas got bigger, that Jews felt, Jewish parents felt the need to have something to compete with. Um, yeah. Because otherwise their kids would be like, Christmas! I'm going over there! Screw off! Um um but honestly like hanukkah is not that big a deal um mm-hmm. and it's not supposed to be the the high holies are your big deal in september and october um so you know honestly i didn't think they did a bad job with that it just but it, it did it did have the bit of cringe to it that i always get when i see like christians try really hard to do jewish things <laughs> It had a little bit of an after-school special vibe. Yeah, yeah, it did. But honestly, a lot of times, like, when you get, I mean, and I'm not talking about the really terrible ones who, like, actually want to, like, take up Jewish traditions as if that's somehow a good idea um, mm-hmm. for Christians to do because that makes them more Christian or something. I don't understand why people do that. Um, anyway, I, 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 this, this, this had a ring of authenticity in the, in the cringe department. <laughs> anyway, I want to know what your favorite part of the season was, Lazy? Mrs. Hall. Okay, it was Mrs. Hall. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the first season that Mrs. Hall has really had um, a super separate arc of her own that has nothing to do with either of the Farnan men or James or whatever. And I felt like I felt like she had her own she had her own stuff going on. She had her own emotional things going on. She went, she had a, she did a lot of self-actualizing. She made some real choices, some of them that were really hard for her. And she ended the season in a really different place from where she started it. And I think that it was a really strong, natural progression for her character. So yes, Mrs. Hall, hands down. Also, I can't, I'm just, I'm so sorry. When the it's slow mode while she was running to Gerald, I was like, <laughs> just squealing i am a sucker for this stuff since obviously she can't go marry gerald or they need to get a new housekeeper yeah do we think do we think that that will be an issue for season four well she she could do if they if they stay in Darby, she mm-hmm. could just come in in the daytime and then okay. go home at night yeah yeah the part that made me sort of uncomfortable was the the lingering shot on siegfried watching them make out and i'm like Dude, you have had like a million chances and you have done nothing. So like True. maybe don't be all like, oh no, everyone's leaving me and I'm so upset because everyone else but me has lives. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I, that just really rubbed me the wrong way because I feel like in some ways the show wants to keep this sort of weird uh, Siegfried, Mrs. Hall tension going. But I don't, mm-hmm. I, like let her go be happy with Gerald. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, they well the show also made the mistake of of lingering far too long on uh, on Helen's relationship with Hugh, and then the messed up marriage and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, Hugh has basically disappeared now. Oh, I'm quite glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad in the sense that he was boring, but he was really nice to look at. So that's upsetting. Okay, but that's just <laughs> Matthew Lewis. I'm sure Matthew Lewis could be lovely to look at in other things. Um. I uh, I want to know, Janet, what your favorite part of the season was. I think it was episode three mm-hmm. um, about Siegfried and the horse. Mm. And I thought that was just astonishing. And those World War One flashbacks. I mean, I know it was all green screen stuff, but it looks so realistic. As I said, I think that is the the best episode the show has done. And I also really liked episode six as well. I thought it was a terrific ending episode. And sadly, I mean, in England, I think they had about six weeks until the Christmas special. And the Christmas special is its own thing. Um, but I thought the Christmas special really was having it as episode seven. It was a bit anticlimactic. I wonder if they were thinking of American audiences, in fact, when they had this ending of uh, Tristan getting on the train and Tristan went to sleep on the mail sacks. And that was exactly how he arrived in season one, episode two. He was asleep on the mail sacks in the train. I, I do actually think that they do because they know that PBS does this, that and and that PBS has done this basically since Downton Abbey at this point. That if there is a Christmas special of their popular show, um, with the exception of Call the Midwife, because Call the Midwife, um, because Call the Midwife's Christmas special is day and date here, and then we get the season in March. Um, yeah. that's pretty much the only one. But like when Grantchester had a Christmas special. They they tacked it on in the same way. Well, the other thing the other thing is is that technically the Call of the Midwife Christmas special kicks off the new season. It yes. doesn't close it. Yes, so it true. actually like is positioned in the season differently. That's correct. Um, and actually, it's one of the reasons why I'm really glad that we day and date it here instead of trying to smash it on the end because it would be wrong. Um, it would bother me a lot every single time no we'd have to do it like that one time was it Grantchester that had a christmas special and it was a season premiere the next season we would have to do it that way yes it was absolutely you're correct i was i was misremembering but i know that the channel that channel five and and the production team know that pbs basically smashes this on to the end and makes and makes the christmas special the finale and it's why all creatures great and small runs one week longer than its other two shows um, so it sort of makes it like an extra special thing because they can, you know, it's the only thing on on Sunday that week is the all creatures great and small finale. So if they did like a feature length Christmas special, they could run the whole thing, you know, um, so they, they're aware of that. But I, I have I have mixed feelings about the choice to smash the Christmas special on as a finale to seasons in general. Because that's not how the show meant it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the show didn't mean for it to be the finale. And so it's sort of trying to turn it into a finale when it's not a finale. And have it also be a standalone episode when, you know, when it's not going to be treated as such. It bothered me with Downton Abbey a lot, too, because, like, we have people who say, okay, well, we need all the Christmas specials to run at Christmas. And then they think there's only, like, one Christmas special because they don't realize that the finales of every season are the Christmas specials. And that always bothers me too. That, that that there's a level where we almost lose the Christmas special 
because it gets smashed on as a finale instead. Because America doesn't do Christmas specials, babe. Why don't we? Because we don't. Because people don't. Because people don't. It's people. Because we just don't. Like in Britain, it's a real tradition to sit around. You watch the. Yeah, just about every show does the does does the Christmas special. Yeah. You know, I just I know it's partly because we're just not a Christian country like that. So a Christmas special doesn't feel as natural and we're a much larger country. So Christmas special doesn't feel as natural. But I, I wish that we did do holiday specials more than we do, Um, partly because I just hate those Christmas movies that we get instead. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm a horrible human being, but you know what? I if I never have to watch another Lifetime Christmas movie again in my life, I will be very happy. They still air Rudolph. I know they do. I know they do, and they still air the the Charlie Brown thing on, and I, I believe Apple TV Plus has it now. Um, and every so often you do get a good Christmas movie like that single all the way thing. That was fun, but honestly, like I think I'd prefer shows to do Christmas specials or holiday specials than than those movies. Anyway, um, that's my piece. <laughs> um, what did you hate the most about this season, Lacey? Um, well, I already complained about the Helen stuff, which I think is really unfortunate because I think she's a really great character who didn't get to do a lot except like as involves James, which I think is a shame because I think at least in the past, the season tried to show you some of her perspective sort of vis-a-vis herself. Um... I don't think we got that this year. I also really found a lot of Siegfried annoying. I did really like the episode with the horse, um, except it had like a lot of animal violence in it, which I'm not about. It did. I'm really glad that Janet put a, a, a warning on that recap, by the way. I don't know. I feel like I cannot figure out how I'm supposed to read Siegfried because there is an element of like so much selfishness to him and so much uh i don't know if entitlement is the right word but like kind of entitlement oh definitely entitlement in the sense of like other not even just in his life of like of what other people in their relationships are supposed to be to him and what other people owe him in their relationships and stuff like that like it he i don't know he has his moments this season and there are definitely several where i genuinely liked him more than i ever have and there's also a lot of moments where i'm like oh my god why do we have to keep like like why do we keep i feel like we we cover like a lot of the same ground with this character repeatedly to no real end like i was <laughs> this is can't believe I'm about to try to draw this comparison, but I watched uh, a lot of superhero TV and a lot of times in superhero TV, the lead character has to learn, you know, a lot of valuable lessons about the power of friendship or telling the truth or being a good person or whatever. And it like they have to learn that episode, like that, that, that same lesson over and over in multiple episodes across multiple seasons. And there's just a point at which it becomes like, how many times do we have to do this? And I feel like there's so much of his character. That's like, how many times do we have to do this? How many times does Tristan have to tell you that he doesn't feel loved or respected by you? And you're like, okay, cool. I'll love and respect you now. And then like the next episode, Tristan's like, Siegfried, guess what? I don't feel loved or respected by you. And it's just like this endless cycle of like, where is the growth supposed to happen for him? Well, I mm. think, you know, the tragedy of Siegfried is that in some respects, he never got out of that shell hole at Ypres. Is mm. it Ypres? And, uh, and um, he is just trying 
to keep control over himself, over his memories and everything else. I mean, you either do it Tristan's way or that's it. Um, he hates relinquishing control and he hates things changing because he's just frightened of all the pain that he's carrying. And, you know, it, this was what was expected of men who'd been through the war. They came home and, quote, everything was the same, but it wasn't. I wish this show were clearer about that then, because I do feel like over the last few episodes, it's legitimately just him and Tristan having the same fight over and over. Yes, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem ever to resolve. And and they have this big emotional hug on the train station. But I don't know, I'd be very disappointed if episode four opened a game with Tristan and Siegfried, you know, hammering away at each other. And I wonder where episode four will open. Or season four. Season four, sorry, yes. Um, how will that work? Will it all be... Fl now, in the books, it was all flashbacks. Um, but um, are we going to get to the end of World War Two and everybody comes home? It's... It's a mystery. That would be such a big time jump, though. Okay, yeah, I, want to, I, I want to stop you right there. All creatures, great and small, goes year by year, the same way that Grantchester does, the same way that 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 Endeavor does. It started in 1937. Season two was 1938. Season three is 1939. So no, I don't believe that. I believe that they, unlike. So the thing about uh, Downton Abbey when it started is that it was more like a stone skipping across the timeline. So the fact that season one kind of took three years, but didn't feel like three years, it just sort of felt like we dipped in and out of their lives. And then season two took the entirety of World War II and sort of dipped in and out of their lives. That was not the norm. And I don't believe that all creatures will suddenly switch to that format. I believe that season four will be 1940, season five will be 1941, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, but for James, it was such a big thing to go to war. I mean, it was he absolutely had to do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to respect himself. It, it's his generation's fight. And if... Mm -hmm. Um, if it does follow the original story where he joins the Air Force, I mean, he would be taken away from Darabi and put into training. And that's, I think, partly why I didn't believe they really had the two of them sign up, because yeah. I really and truly believed that 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 they had to stay there. That We had to see it from the home front perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how they plan to handle this. Um but I do think that Lacey has a point that we have basically reached the end of the Siegfried-Tristan train. We have to stop that. That needs to be done. We're done here. Oh, my gosh. You know, I forgot the one thing, the one other thing that really just made me so angry about Siegfried mm. um, was when he was going to let that poor horse run. In order to save Tristan. He was going to dope that horse to save Tristan. And the thing is, is that the thing that the show doesn't acknowledge and it makes me uncomfortable is that he didn't stop it. Mm. Like, he's not the one who had, like, a change of heart and realized that what he was doing was wrong. Nope. The only reason it didn't happen was because Tristan stopped it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was absolutely out of character for Siegfried. Maybe that was the point. Is that he's supposed to be trying and he fail and he and he basically fails in every way. He fails himself, and he fails Tristan, and he fails the horse. Yeah, I mean, I I can I can see that. Um, I think that 
we would have been better served with a Helen-centric episode instead of three Tristan and Siegfried he butting heads in a row. Um, and I would very much like if season four, even actually now that I think about it, taking James and Tristan away would sort of force the show to give us a Helen-centric episode. I was wondering whether Helen was going to announce pregnancy because I believe she did get pregnant very early on in the marriage. I was wondering why no one was harassing her about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Like back then, everybody immediately would have been like, why haven't you popped out a baby yet? You're not wrong. And actually, like, especially with the war coming, shouldn't you be, should, should, chop, chop, he's going to be set off. Right? Like, I totally see that. And yes, I don't know that that is actually a slightly incorrect thing that we haven't seen Helen get harassed once. Wait, what did, what did Janet hate the most? I went on a long Siegfried rant. Um, <laughs> I hated Mrs. Hall dithering about Gerald. And I hated Gerald dithering about Mrs. Hall. And I mean, I wanted to say, oh, come on, you two, get on with it. Oh, his little face when he thought they were going to have a date. <laughs> she was like, JK, it's not a date. Yeah. I was like, oh. When he I'm sorry, when he dropped the flowers behind his back, I like could not. Oh, that was so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I was also disappointed with Tristan and Flo. I like I mean, Flo, and I'm sort of sad that we're probably going to lose her now. I love... I love Flo. I thought she was terrific. I mean, she's an independent woman. She doesn't live at home with her family, and I don't quite know what happened there. But she's on very good terms with them. So she's, a, you know, a proper grown-up, which is what Tristan is aspiring to become. Mm -hmm. And I thought they were so well-suited. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm, 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 I'm sad she turned down his marriage proposal, because it was a terrible marriage proposal. Yes. But I am sad that that probably means that's the end of her character, because that's how this show works. Yeah, And I, I would really, the show would, I would be pleasantly surprised if the show kept her around while Tristan is gone and built up her character so that when Tristan comes home, he's like become a man who can actually like propose properly. <laughs> um, I have to say that, um, I you know what my favorite thing was? And you guys are going to laugh at me. It was that Mrs. Pumphrey got a cat. Oh, yeah. I was so pleased by the cat representation this season. There were multiple episodes with cats, finally. And, and it's not just a cat. It's the tricky woo of cats. Right. Yes. And she was Debbie. saying. Debbie. Her name is Debbie. Debbie. Right. Yes. yes and, uh, and Mrs. Pumphrey was saying how, how shy the cat was. Yet um, the shy stray cat had let itself be locked into a basket and didn't immediately dash out and disappear from Mrs. Pumphrey's life forever. And also, gingers generally are male cats. I think there is yes. occasionally you can get a female ginger cat, but are they trying to tell us that they really couldn't find a nice tabby or black and white or torty cat of a sort of doped up personality? I mean, technically, it's also very unlikely that that cat would have given birth to that gray fluff ball. Yeah. Just saying. Well, yeah. Um, I, I would definitely a say that I was really thrown because I assumed it was a male cat until they call until it had the baby, and then I was like, <laughs> oh wait, um, because well, no, I have Max. You know, I, I you, my my mother has an orange cat. His name is Ian. Orange female cats are sort of like a thing that that, that I know are like a weirdo thing. So yes. like my brain was like, oh, it's orange. It's male. Like my brain just went like assumed um and so yeah that 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 was a um 
also but tortis also have like massive attitude um have you met charlotte um <laughs> massive massive attitude so i sort of understand why like you know a doped up orange cat um just kind of chilling chilling in a bed is probably better for all involved when trying to film uh still i i was i was very pleased that, that mrs pumphrey got a cat and i would like more cats please thank you um I think the thing that I disliked the most was the horse story. The horse story upset me greatly. Wait, the horse? What? The one where he drugged the horse? Or yeah, that he was drugged. Was- th- okay. That, uh, that there was a that there was an abused horse in general. B that he then didn't treat that horse correctly, and then that he tried to basically sacrifice that animal for Tristan. Well, yes. Especially because it's the same horse from the third episode. Yes, where he's it is like, the same where horse. It's, yeah, I don't. It's a very strange sort of progression from his treatment of that animal in the third episode. Siegfried owes that horse mm-hmm. because because working with that horse helped him so much. Hmm. Um. And. And he was just going to drug that thing and let it run around. Unacceptable. Yeah, he does have a moment where he says, I'm sorry, but it's my little brother. Yeah, but still. But still, I mean, that shouldn't happen. And that's such an unethical thing to do Mm -hmm. for a veterinarian. I was really quite shocked by that. I thought he would at least have the big moment where he realizes, I can't do this. It's wrong. This animal doesn't deserve this. But Mm -hmm. he never even, like, nothing. Like, he's mad at Tristan for telling them the truth. Yes, absolutely agreed. So, yeah, that is um that is my basic... Though, though, so, all of my feelings this season were all about the animals, go figure, um, rather than the people. Um, what do you want to see in season four? I know, I know, Janet, that you started a little bit in on this, that you don't know how they're going to handle season yeah. four. Do you want to see them... Do you want to see them leave Darabee? That's, that's my first one. No, I don't think they can because, you know, Darabi is what the show is all about. Great. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you want to see then? I'd like to see, you know, more of the same going on and have a sort of more of a, a sort of home front series, you know, like like the beloved home fires um, mm. that some of us still miss a whole lot about how people actually coped with the day-to-day stuff of the war and how the farmers coped. And... Uh, you know, dealing with food shortages and blackouts and um, bombings. And uh, do you know the entire country had to black out? Mm-hmm. Did Yorkshire get bombed a lot? Well, the, I'm sure the cities I mean, because I, I know when you think yeah. about World War II yes. and sort of the UK being bombed, it's London. Yeah, it's... you always think of the Blitz over London. You don't think about... But, you know, Manchester got bombed and... Yeah, I'm or gonna... I was going to say, or like Manchester or something, but like Yorkshire's so north... Manchester, Liverpool, um, Liverpool got really badly bombed. Any of the the shipbuilding towns or cities, rather, um, anything on the coast, they were all walloped, and um, uh, and people put up with a heck of a lot. I mean, the government was was putting more and more restrictions on people. They were fining people if they if they didn't. Um, uh, um, do their blackout procedures properly, which meant you had to cover every window and also arrange for your front door to open onto darkness, um, which meant, you know, hanging a curtain or something behind it. Um, 
and you know the uncertainty of it so and the government was doing a massive propaganda job to keep people's spirits up and to you know avoid despair and then of course you know people had their sons and their sons go off and they might not hear from them for months um i was a little i, I knew that they told people to t- put down their pets for food yeah. rationing yes um and so I wasn't all that surprised to have that plot sort of like as a subplot in one of the mm-hmm. episodes. Um, I was really glad that the, that, that the puppy decided that Mrs. Hall was, was his owner. Yeah, Dash. <laughs> yes, I, I really liked that. Yes. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I wonder if there'll be more of that in season four. Um, oh. If we will see more of the horses that go to war, if we'll see more of the animals that are necessary for the war effort, if that will get a focus. Yeah, I believe most of the animals um, used in the war effort were actually in Africa. Um, and they were used for transport just as they were in World War I. Um, but there would be an enormous stress on farmers to meet food production and also on ordinary people as well. I mean, people were digging up their gardens to make victory gardens. So, um, which, we talk, which we see a little bit with Mrs. Pumphrey. Yes, right, with Mrs. Pumphrey. And, you know, I really wonder about Mrs. Pumphrey's house. I mean, she has this wonderful idea. She wants to form a sanctuary. But really, in reality, a huge house like that, the government probably would have requisitioned it. Mm, like like Downton Abbey got requisitioned in... Yes, exactly. Yeah, oh, That's what I thought was going to happen, uh, and then it never as, did. Yeah, as a hospital or an administrative building or something like that. Or like Mrs. Pumphrey would end up housing all the like refugee kids in her giant like estate. Yeah, I actually thought that Eva was going to go over there because I thought that was a whole... Since I assumed that was sort of kinder transport, I was like waiting for her to be put in Mrs. Pumphrey's house and a bunch more like show up along with her, basically. Yeah, I was I was actually wondering whether um, Mrs. Mrs. Pumphrey was going to be recruited by by um, special services and be sent behind the lines in France. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> I think that'd be amazing, actually. <laughs> I would be here for that. I mean, except like Tricky Woo obviously could not go, but oh no, Tricky Woo would be a great spy. Stop that! I don't want him to be in danger. I know you don't want him to be in danger. I'm just saying he would be a great spy, you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he just, he barely moves and he just observes. <laughs> and if necessary, you can mop the blood off the floor with him. Um, I will say for my season four once uh, that I agree with Janet. I think having more of the focus on sort of what's happening back at home and the things that people have to live with actually would be something sort of new and different. I've seen other, you know, other than like the late limited home fires, most shows don't really bother with that. Like I've seen the guys go off to war and realize it's horrors and realize it's emotional toll and be confronted with having to kill another human being. And what does that do to a man's soul? There's like 50,000 movies about that. I would much rather see see the stuff that Janet was just talking about all this all the stuff that people have to endure back home and how they have to survive in in this in this terrible and for a lot of them truly unprecedented time like I thought it was really interesting when um they were talking about the reason that 
that uh, that vets are a protected class and it's because they want to encourage everybody to grow more food because they're pretty sure that like they won't be able to import enough food to feed everybody. And I was like, that's something I had not considered, but makes total sense. Yeah, Britain was importing an enormous amount of its food from abroad. So um, the fact that they I think they started rationing, it would have been like a couple of months after episode seven in the early year of nine early months rather of 1940 and uh uh and oh, oh you know this is really funny in um in episode uh five Siegfried complains about potatoes because Tristan peels this enormous bowl full of potatoes that he's going to cook up for dinner and in fact people ate vast amounts of potatoes during the war because they were relatively easy to grow and they filled people up which was uh, which was pretty good because I mean those rations were very very skimpy and getting things like fresh meat was really really difficult so there was like a bit of foreshadowing there I think I agree with you guys what I want out of season four more than anything is to see the home front and to and yes. to make this be a different sort of World War II story. Yeah. I have seen so many shows where we see the Western Front, where we see the people on ships, where we see... I One of my favorite things about um, World on Fire was the Sean Bean and the, the Leslie Manville, you know, thread of the two of them at home with a pacifist and 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 someone who is basically like trying to sort of pretend the war isn't happening. And I really liked that. And I think that all creatures would be well served to focus on that since it is considered such a comfort show. I was just going to say really quick, you know what I loved is I want more of like those weird little moments like that lady who, I don't know if she was in like the whack or what, but the deaf lady who was so kind to Mrs. Hall. That was amazing. And who and who could read lips so she knew what Edward said when the train was pulling away and it was too loud. I thought that was like great, awesome inclusion and representation and also just a cool character. Yeah, I, I was really hoping that Mrs. Hall would, would stay in touch with her because Mrs. Hall doesn't really have any friends now. I mean, she had, she had that friend Dorothy who's disappeared, um, but she's very isolated. Um, you know what I'd what I'd really like to see in 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 series four. Um, I would like to see Siegfried have to take on a female veterinarian because Ooh. both Tristan and James are what away. What Yeah, or someone. Although I guess yes. why wouldn't she just go work for her dad? But I guess working for your dad could well, be problematic in some way. I I think it would be problematic for Flo because clearly she she wants to be on her own and doing her own thing. But I think that might be really interesting because I mean, poor old Siegfried. I mean, he couldn't let a lady put her arm up a cow's bottom. <laughs> but anyway. But that might well happen. You also had a lot of women going and working with farmers too. And um, and that would have been something that possibly the more traditionally minded farmers would not have liked. I mean, it's one thing having your wife or your daughters work on the farm, but having some sort of posh girl from the southern counties arrive, probably not a, probably difficult for all involved. So I think there's an awful lot of material. Um, 
You know, it's just keeping the veterinarian stuff going that is the problem. Because honestly, what would Siegfried be without people to bounce off? It's true. Yeah. Um, and it would be really great to have someone to bounce off who is not his usual, who is not Tristan. Yes. <laughs> or James. Or James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, poor, poor Tristan. You know, I really felt sorry for him when he started accusing Siegfried of liking James more than him. That was so wrenchingly sad, you know? Oh. But anyway, it is fiction. We must remember this. Um, here is hoping that season four gives us uh, everything that we want. Or at least, I don't know, something good. Something to surprise us with. Because that would be great, too. Because we're sort of stumped. <laughs> we're, we're very harsh critics. But uh, yeah. I think we all really liked season three for what it was. I think it's one of the best shows that Masterpiece is, is doing these days. And we will all be back when we go back to Yorkshire when I am assuming the winter of 2024. Uh, that is our show. So as per use, Janet, thank you for joining us as always. Oh, my pleasure. I I've really enjoyed writing the recaps of the show and researching odd bits and pieces. And um... oh, that's fun. I always love to hear that. Uh, Janet's going to be taking over the recap chair for Call the Midwife uh, this upcoming season. So she won't be going too far. Tell the people where they can find you online in the meantime. Well, they can sort of find me on Facebook and they um, where I occasionally put a picture of the cats up. And also um, I am on Twitter as Janet underscore Mullaney. And I sort of tend to like pictures of cats and beavers. Annie, you're up. Um, you can find me at Annie Bundle basically across the interwebs. I am uh, the uh, associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I was uh, writing about this week, just follow me on Twitter or Mastodon or Post or whatever, because I basically put up all my bylines up wherever I can put them. Huzzah. I am Lacey MB on Twitter and basically every other social media network that you can think of because I'm trying all of them out, uh, some with more success than others. The site and the pod can be found on social media at Televisions Blog, all one word on Facebook, and Tele underscore Visions on Twitter. Uh, we live at televisions.org, and if you like what we do, you can visit our site, read all of our recaps, check out the news pieces and anything else fun we've come up with to write about. And while you're there, click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears. While doing so, you can get access to PBS Passport, which is full of all kinds of early and exclusive streaming and binge opportunities, more of which will be coming in the weeks ahead as new seasons of Call the Midwife and Sanditon arrive and new drama Marie Antoinette. Uh, that is our show for the week. We are thankful, as always, for all of you who are out there listening in the dark, as Norma Desmond would say. Uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. If you're eligible for your flu vaccine or COVID booster and haven't gotten them yet, now is the time. Uh, just because it is. It sucks to be sick. I've enjoyed not being sick for the past few years. Or not much sick anyway, knock wood. Um, which I won't actually do right now so our sound engineer doesn't kill me for making a very loud noise in this tiny space. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>